<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. As you know, I love coffee. After all, my podcast is Coffee with Jenny B. And I think I've loved coffee ever since I was a teenager. And over the years, my tastes have grown and developed as I explore all the different coffees that are available. And I love to support local coffee shops and coffee roasters. And we have so many in Manitoba. We're blessed with so many different ones. And each one offers something a little different. Because after all, they say that variety is the spice of life, or in this case, variety is the coffee of life. And one of the coffee roasters that we are going to talk about today is Mugging Whales Coffee Company. And I have one of the co-owners, Heather Clausen, with me today as our guest. Hello, Heather, and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So you and your husband, Jim, so Jim Bourne, started the coffee business. Now, what made you decide to get into the coffee business? It started on our trip to Maui in 2018. So we, um, you know, we're in Hawaii for a couple weeks and we tried a lot of great coffees down there. And of course it's Hawaiian coffee, right? So you hear lots of amazing things about it. And then when we came home, we couldn't find those coffees here in Canada. So we just thought, Hey, we'll, you know, start a coffee business. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and so coming up with the idea of starting a coffee business, so what happened next? Just because did you start a coffee roastery or or how did how did uh, the coffee business progress from there? So since we started, we actually partner with local roasters to do some of our roasting for us because it has definitely saved us cost in terms of setting up our own facilities and getting all that equipment. Lots of great roasters here in in Winnipeg that already have that set up. So we just developed some partnerships where we can um, where we partner with local roasters to do that. And a lot of what we have learned has come from those partnerships. We started in this business knowing nothing about the coffee <laughs> industry. So every day is a learning curve for us. But after, uh, what's it been like three and a half years that we've been around now? Mm-hmm. We're finally starting to get the hang of it a little bit. <laughs> well, that's good to know. I mean, and, and, you know, as you say, it's, it's a learning process. You know, it's interesting because I think about my journey with my podcast it's definitely been a learning experience for me. And, you know, even though I love coffee and I thought I knew a lot about coffee, it turns out I I knew a little bit, a lot about, well, a little bit about a little bit or, 
which it sounds like it's sort of what you're going through too. It's like, you know, I, I want to bring that Kona coffee from Hawaii and I want to make my own coffee, but I don't know how to do it. So let's partner with somebody, which is actually very smart because instead of buying all the equipment and then realizing, oh, well, maybe this is not what we should be doing, partnering with someone, getting them to roast your coffee for you, it's helping you to develop that interest and that knowledge and that further love of coffee. And and so I, I really like that you you went down that that road. So with the partnerships, what is your, I guess, biggest takeaway from working with the different roasters? You know, I think every roaster kind of has their different way of doing things. And it's really been about finding our own style mm-hmm. in the roast that we do on our coffees. Right. So we don't want to be like every other coffee company out there. And, you know, we need to have our own flavors that we put in our coffees or, or that we that we get out of the coffees during the roasting process. We don't right, have any interest in your coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, it's just through those relationships, just being able to develop, develop our own style and our own flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and it's interesting that you mentioned about developing your own flavors because, you know, as you say, every roaster does something just a little different. And, and I mean, if everybody did, everything the same way, then we wouldn't have that variety. And and I love the fact that there are so many different types of coffee available and learning about how everybody does something just a little different. And and so as it progressed working with the different roasters, do you find that you're more involved, sort of more hands-on in terms of tasting and trying to articulate what you're looking for in the roast? Yes, definitely. So, I mean, we first started, coffee was basically just coffee to us <laughs> other than those wonderful Hawaiian coffees that we tried. And so as we started learning about the different origins, the coffee comes from and the different flavors and aromas that are naturally in those beans that come out during those roasting processes, we started to really kind of pick out the flavors that we liked that we didn't like. And we've just, we've kind of, we built on that. So we, we definitely have some coffees that are consistent in our selection. And those are just ones that we've over time, we're like, yep, you know, our customers love it. We love it. And we just can't go wrong. And we've done a lot of taste testing, I guess, along the way, we've learned different ways to taste test or in coffee terminology, it's called cupping. Yes. And there is quite a a process around that. Mm -hmm. So we've learned that and uh, yeah, like we just, we've really started to be able to differentiate some of those flavors and some of the things that we love about each coffee. Do you find that your palate or your, I guess, has really improved? And, and as you say, you can pick out those, those tasting notes and, and know which ones work the best for you. For sure. Yeah. And that comes with time, but we're definitely starting to notice different flavors. Jim, Jim is better at that than I am. So <laughs> he has a fun job of tasting the coffee. So when we get something new or even if we're just trying a coffee from a different company to see what they're doing. And so he's the one that picks out the flavor notes more than I do, but we're definitely able to differentiate a lot more than we were before. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that Jim has the, uh, the more, the more uh, coffee palette, so to speak. Do you find that that you're also able to perhaps pick out different things? Okay. So my question to you is, is that so when you're when you're doing cupping together and he picks out different tasting notes, are you picking out something different? Sometimes, yes. Okay. All right. So what happens then if if there's so Jim's like, oh, I love this, I love these tasting notes, and then you're picking out something else. 
that is not compatible with what he's going with. What do you do in that instance? Sometimes we'll just, we'll start from the beginning. We'll try cupping that coffee again, right from the start. We'll start brewing it right from the beginning and just see if maybe it was the way that it was brewed the first time. So there's, I mean, there's no harm in doing that. Sometimes it's like trying a new coffee at home. Sometimes you got to taste it a couple of times before you decide whether or not you like it. And it's the same thing, the same thing when we do our taste testing. So, uh, and then sometimes it's, the flavor profiles are personal, really. Mm -hmm. So there's no right answer as to what anyone is experiencing. The flavor notes that you see on a bag. So if it says it tastes like caramel, (laughs) you don't pick up on that flavor, right? And that's perfectly fine. Maybe there's a different flavor that you pick on, maybe, or pick up, maybe you're, you're getting hints of, of hazelnut instead of caramel. I mean, that's just the way your taste buds are. That's personal preference, I guess, or personal taste. You're right. It's definitely personal taste because I've tried coffees and let's say I'm drinking a coffee that I absolutely love and I'm, I'm sharing about it. And I get one of my friends who, who says, you know what, I'm going to try that coffee. And they try it and it's like, oh my gosh, that it was terrible. They, they really disliked having that coffee. And for me, it was like, oh my gosh, that was the best coffee I've had in a while. But different, like everybody has different taste buds, right? And it also depends too, is that Sometimes if you are drinking something after you've eaten something, whether it's a piece of fruit or, or it's a piece of chocolate, that can change the way that your coffee tastes, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of factors in the flavors that you get out of your coffee. So it can change from day to day as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I guess it, I guess it would, you know, with humidity and I guess, so you're the, if you're using coffee that is just freshly roasted, it's going to taste different than coffee that's been sitting for a couple of months, perhaps. And even if you've opened a bag, it's the process called degassing. So when you're opening the bag and then it's releasing some of some of that, I guess the coffee oil in a sense, is that what? The carbon dioxide from the roasting process. Okay. Yeah. So that can change the taste of the coffee as well. So when you're tasting something that's just freshly roasted versus now you're opening the bag of freshly roasted coffee, but then the taste is going to be a little different. That's interesting. How did you come up with the name of Mugging Whales? That's always a fun question to answer. So when we were in Maui on our holiday, we did a whale watching tour. And so when we were out in the water, there were whales coming up to our boat. And when the whales come within 100 yards of your boat, you have to turn your engines off. And it's just a conservation effort effort to make sure that the, the whales aren't getting injured by the, the motor. So we, we are held hostage or mugged <laughs> by whales for almost two hours. While we were oh, there. Yeah, so whale mugging is actually a thing. It's actually a term. And when we were coming up with a name for our business, because we're based online, every coffee name you can think of is already out there. Right. Everything.com.coffee.ca. It's, it's out there. So we're like, okay, what, what are we going to name this business? And so we just started brainstorming and just saying words. And we're like, oh, mugging whales. Like, sure. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) has that one. (laughs) And it has a story to go with it. So that's how we came up with our name. I love that. And, And it ties back to your trip to Maui because that was one of the reasons why you wanted to start your coffee business was because of the Kona coffee and wanting to have something in Winnipeg. And so choosing that name, it it just makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it's actually, it wasn't the Kona coffee. 
It was Maui Mocha coffee, which is actually Ooh. our signature, has become our signature coffee. And we only get a hundred pounds of that one a year if we're lucky. This so happens that we got a hundred pounds just shipped in for this year. No so way. We'll be looking that shortly. Oh, I'm so excited. I actually didn't know that there was a different type of coffee from Hawaii. I'm I'm more used to first to Kona. That's exciting. Okay, I'm I'm gonna definitely have to try and try that coffee. So I'll be I'll be watching on your Instagram when you're ready to have it available for purchase. That's exciting. Oh my goodness. And and so I love the look on your face right now because and, and I can hear it in your voice, just the excitement of this new coffee that's coming. And what other coffees are sort of what in your top five? Costa Rica. So Jim went to Costa Rica before the two of us actually even met. Oh. And so he tried Costa Rican coffee and he thought it was the best coffee he's ever had and wasn't really able to find anything spectacular, of course, when he came back to Canada. So that was one of the first ones that we decided to source. And so that has definitely been at the top of our list. For me, I went to the Dominican in 2008 and I had some amazing coffee there. That one is really difficult to find. So we continue to look for Dominican coffee and we keep it on our radar to see if there's anything popping up that we can support. But other than that, let's see, Guatemala is definitely, definitely a favorite, favorite with our customers as well. It's our bestseller. Mexico is also really good. We're really enjoying that one right now. Yeah. I like coffee from Mexico and my husband and I used to go to Mexico quite a bit. Well, since pandemic, we haven't, but I love the coffee in Mexico. It was just and every region has a different flavor, not flavor. I shouldn't, well, I guess flavor, but a different aroma. There's the aroma of the beans. And then of course, when they're roasted, and then there's the taste of it, of, of course. And yeah, I love coffee from Guatemala as well. And Costa Rica. Yeah. You know what? That's always been a dream of mine to visit a coffee plantation in Costa Rica. And one day, yes, one day I will, I will do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We haven't, we've never actually visited a plantation yet. So that's on our list as well. And I mean, any any country we can go to where we can do that, we'd be happy to do that. So getting into picking the beans and, and, you know, the cherries and, and going through that whole roasting process. And I think that would be so exciting to be a part of that and just experience what the the different coffee farmers are, are going through. And, you know, and just knowing how, you're supporting not only their farm, but you're also supporting the community, you know, that the farms are located. And, and I love that story, you know, the whole idea of, you know, it's, it's not just a cup of coffee. It's that journey that from the farm to where you are buying your cup of coffee at a local coffee shop or brewing it at home. From what I've learned about the coffee industry, I think the farmers kind of get the short end of the stick. So they definitely don't get the money that they deserve for the work that's involved. It's a very labor intensive process. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of inequality in terms of the whole coffee chain. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, they still produce some really amazing coffees. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, it's Jenny. We'll get back to the show in a moment. But first, I invite you to check out my website, coffeewithjennyb.ca. 
That's Jenny with a G, where you'll find all the links to my episodes. You'll also find a variety of coffee gifts available for purchase, including my branded bag of Red Door Coffee Beans from Harrison's Coffee Company. As well, you'll find a link to join the Winnipeg Coffee Community Facebook group. I'll also be posting info about upcoming coffee tours and coffee nights. So keep checking my website for updates. You can also follow me on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. Now, let's get back to the show. Now, you had mentioned Guatemala is one of your uh, best sellers. What are some of the other more popular coffees that you offer? So we have Costa Rica, Mexico, Guatemala, Colombia, and then we have our espresso blend. We currently have an Ethiopia coffee, which is really popular, but that's just a limited quantity. So not sure if we're going to bring that one back. We're gauging feedback on that one. But Costa Rica, Mexico, Guatemala, and Colombia are the four that we carry throughout the year. And that's just based on, you know, over the three and a half years we've been in business, we've tried a lot of different coffees. Some sell better than others. And we've just picked out the ones that seem to consistently be good sellers and our, our customers keep coming back for them. You know, and that makes sense because if they want it and they're buying it, then, you know, why change it up? You know, I've seen that happen so many times where, you know, I've got a favorite product and then for whatever reason, they're taking it off the shelf and it's like, no, please, <laughs> why are you doing it? <laughs> so I, yeah. I would be disappointed if all of a sudden you stopped offering your coffee from Costa Rica. It's like, why? It was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's interesting you mentioned about Ethiopia because actually that's one of my favorites. I, I love coffee from Ethiopia. So why the hesitation about wanting to continue with it? We actually brought it in because we wanted it to be part of our new espresso blend. And oh, okay. when we when we used it in that blend, it didn't go over so well. <laughs> it changed the flavor of of our espresso significantly. And it just, we get a lot of feedback saying that it was very bitter, which is actually, it, the Ethiopian coffee adds more of an acidity to it. So it's not actually bitterness. Ooh. But people were kind of on the fence. They're like, oh, well, this is a really drastic change from what you were offering. So we took the Ethiopia coffee out of our espresso blend and we used some other coffees instead. So, I mean, now we're selling it as a single origin coffee. And that seems to be going over really well. So people are enjoying it on its own, including Jim and I. But as part of a blend, it just wasn't the right fit. It's interesting you mentioned about the right fit because it's a science in terms of looking at getting the right blend. Because some, like you say, you tried the Ethiopia with the espresso, didn't work. And you try something else and that worked. And it's trial and error and, and it's knowing. And of course, you get the feedback from your customers. But you know sometimes, don't you, that you know, there's just something not quite right about this coffee. You're not quite sure what it is, but it's that it's that experimentation that that gets you to that point where you find that perfect blend, isn't it? It is. Yeah, for sure. Now, what is your favorite coffee? I know we talked about, you know, that you're, you're four from Costa Rica and Mexico and Guatemala and Colombia, but what is your all-time favorite? For me personally... I have to say Mexico. Okay. And why Mexico? <laughs> it's just, it's growing on me. So over, over the years, we've sourced, we've kept the origins the same, but we've sourced different coffees from those origins. So from Mexico, for example, we would have sourced from three or four different regions. 
And sometimes, you know, there's some coffees, depending on where they're grown and how they're grown, that end up just having better flavor profiles than others. Okay. And we finally, I think, for me anyways, we've hit on a Mexico coffee that is just absolutely amazing. It does have those milder flavors that is typical for Mexico, but it's just very, to me, it's very well balanced. And it just has just a beautiful kind of cocoa flavor with maybe a little bit of tropical fruit in there. And it's just, mm. it's quite nice. Mm, really, sounds really, lovely. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. So for me, when I think about Mexico, I think about the tropical fruit. I, I think about the chocolate that, of course, chocolate from Mexico or chocolate from any country in the world is going to be a little different, right? But I always found the chocolate from Mexico was really, really good. So the idea of the the cocoa and the tropical flavors in, in the Mexican coffee sounds absolutely delicious. It is. <laughs> and, you know, I, well, just a little, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, getting back to how the coffee tastes, I, I know for myself, for instance, if I'm bringing a dark roast and then I'm trying maybe a medium roast, then I find that sometimes it's almost like I have to get used to the flavor of the medium roast because it's so different from the dark roast. And then even more so when it's a light roast. And as you say, you know, sometimes you have to try it a few times and and have it sort of grow on you. I've actually had that. And when I take the first sip of a coffee and, and, you know, it's one that I've been eager to try and there's lots of good feedback about the coffee. I'll try it. And it's like, um, I'm not sure how I feel about this coffee. You know, I'm not sure if I like it but I drink it anyway. And then the second time I have it, it's like, "Mm, okay, you know, I'm trying tasting something different and eventually it grows on me, but I don't think I've ever had a coffee that I've said, nope, that's, that's bad. I'm never drinking it again. Well, except for decaf. I know I'm, I'm joking. There are some really good decaf coffees out there. (laughs) Surprisingly, I just had a couple and I'm, I'm amazed. It, it is is changed over the years. I remember, you know, when I used to drink decaf from way back and it's just like, blah, I just, it's not for me, but you're right. There are some really, actually some really good decaf coffees. And sometimes you can't even tell the difference that it's a decaf. So the, the process that we found, the ones that we tried recently are a sugarcane decaf. This seems to be more strictly from Colombia that they're able to do this because they have an abundance of sugarcane there. So they actually don't quote me on this, but I believe they <laughs> ferment the sugar cane and then they use the sugars out of that in the decaffeination process. So you actually keep some sweetness and more of the flavor in those coffees as opposed to the other methods that seem to just kind of suck that flavor right out of those coffees. Mm. If you're looking for a decaf, look for a sugar cane decaf. Interesting. I, I, I hadn't heard of that. And yeah. Because the typical uh, method is Swiss water process, isn't it? Swiss water, or there's a chemical process as well that they that is used. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. A sugar cane, I'll, yeah, I'll have to look for that. That, that's, yeah, I love the idea that it still keeps like the sweetness and the richness, not not the added sugar that's actually in the coffee, but just the process itself. I think would be it would be interesting to try. Now, I know that you sell your coffees online, of course, and offer delivery, which I think is wonderful. But I love that you are offering your coffees at the outlet mall, at the local. So tell me about that opportunity. How did that come about? The local started their business shortly after we started ours, probably about six months apart. 
on our launch dates. And when we were looking for opportunities to get our coffee into stores, just get it in front of people pre-pandemic, being an online business was a lot more difficult. You really have to look for opportunities for people to try your coffee before they would buy it. So we came across the locals who were trying to set up like a little consignment pop-up shop in a location on Sherbrooke Street. And we've been with them ever since. So we had our coffee available for samples on their grand opening. We've kind of, we've stuck it out with them through all the ups and downs of different methods of selling, whether it was consignment or wholesale or uh, different locations and then going online and with the pandemic. And then of course they came into their, their location at the outlet mall. And it's just, it's been an amazing ride with them. They've just been absolutely wonderful to partner with. Yes. And, and I've been there several times and I love the variety of Manitoba made products. And there's just so much variety and so many different vendors and businesses, they must bring something new every time because every time I'm there, it's like, oh, I didn't know about that or that's newer, you know, and I love seeing your coffee there. That's actually a really great way to promote and showcase your coffee because anytime you walk in, it's it's right there and it's like, oh yeah, I need a, a bag of coffee for home. So here it is. I don't need to worry about it. I love what they've done with the setup since they've actually had that space on a more permanent basis they've redesigned it. So they have like a beautiful little food section right when you walk in the door. And so that's where our coffee is. And it's just, it's wonderful because there are just so many local food products that are amazing. But yes, and Narissa has been just incredible in terms of curating different products. And I don't know where she finds all these products and and businesses and and people to produce this because I, I mean, Manitoba is just full of entrepreneurs. But just until you walk in that story, I don't think you really realize how much is out there. So she's done an amazing job of, of pulling so many entrepreneurs together in one place. And as you say, there's so many wonderful entrepreneurs and businesses in Manitoba and that offer so many different products, products that you don't even know existed until you walk in and you realize, oh my goodness, I want to know more about whatever that is. But you know, it's doing the research and and I know that uh, there's a, a number of companies in Manitoba that do a great job about showcasing Manitoba-made products. And so I'm, I'm sure that she probably does source some of that. But uh, I love that you're in there. And I know that they have that section at the back where they've said it's sort of homage to Friends, you know, Friends, the, the TV show, which, of course, they were all about coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> That's a yeah, good yeah. It, it definitely is. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So, what are your next plans? I know that um, you talked about. You know, you started without having a commercial space for roasting your own coffee, but do you see that in the near future of doing your own roasting? No. Okay. The partnership we have right now is just fantastic, and I mean, we're just going to continue doing that. We're going to continue with that partnership until we can't anymore. But to spend the money to find a commercial space, especially since this is a side hustle for both of us, it just doesn't make sense. And because we're in Winnipeg, we can't roast out of our garage or anything like that. So it's not like we can set up a little home roastery. As our business grows, we're going to need more production capacity. And our partnership allows us to do that right now. So 
as long as we're able to do that, we're going to continue doing that and then focus on growing other parts of the business. And you know what? Absolutely. You've got a great partnership and if it works and it it works well for both of you and there's that win-win and you're producing amazing coffee, why not continue it? You know, and, and continue it as long as you can. And as you say, um, starting to look at diversifying and, and adding different products, perhaps, you know, coffee-related products and and just enjoying the process. And you're right, it's a side hustle. It's, you know, if this was your full time, it's like, you know what, both of you quit your jobs and we're in the coffee business full time. That's a different story. But there's nothing wrong with doing it, like you say, as a side hustle, because that's what brings you joy, isn't it? That's your passion, isn't it? And that was one of the challenges. So in 2019, I decided I wanted to go full time into the coffee business and really try and get it going. And I burnt out. I stopped enjoying it. And I just, I just decided that this was not where I wanted to be full time. So I scaled back. I mean, our, our business is thriving. It's still growing. It's growing at a slower pace that is definitely more enjoyable for us. We get to connect with customers a lot more this way, which is great. And it's just, I mean, we have more fun doing things like sourcing new coffees and trying new coffees. And we're just not focused on that growth necessarily. So it's happening, but it's not our big focus. So it's more about enjoying the journey. (laughs) And that's what it's all about. I mean, it needs to be something that you love. It, it's not that I have to do this. You know, there's a difference between I have to versus I want to. And when you say, I want to do this, I'm excited to try different coffees instead of thinking like, oh my goodness, I've got all this work ahead of me. And so it takes the fun out of it. And I'm glad that you recognize that, you know what, I can't do this full time. I need to scale back. And because of that, you were able to rediscover the reason you went into the coffee business in the first place. And I think we're all all happy for you as well because <laughs> we get the Heather passion, the Heather joy and love and the coffee. Because you know what? You can definitely taste the love. I know my husband even says that, you know, if, if I'm baking cookies and I'm really conscious about who I'm baking it for, there's a difference between, okay, I got to bake this batch of cookies. And I mean, it still tastes good, but you can definitely taste there's that difference. And yeah, we, we can definitely taste the difference in your coffee. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing, first of all, how you and Jim got started in the coffee business and then Mugging Whales, how you came up with the name, which I think is, is absolutely, you know, I love that idea. It's just so creative and different and it makes you stand out a little bit. And even the, the use of your colors, you know, the gold with the white. I mean, I, I love it. It just absolutely just, it's great. Looking forward to trying the coffee from Hawaii when you have it out and also trying your Mexican coffee. So that's, that's on my list. I'm, I'm actually going to order that and enjoy it. So you've, you've built up that expectation in my mind of how it's going to taste. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's no, absolutely. And because you have that joy and it's one of your favorites, I know that it's going to be one of my favorites too. I hope so. I really do. Tell everyone how they can order your coffee. I mean, aside from buying it at the outlet mall, what is your website? Our website is muggingwhalescoffee.com. We do ship across Canada, anywhere in Canada. 
We do free shipping on orders of $50 or more. So it's basically three bags of coffee. That's kind of, it's our, our primary sales method. All of our coffee is roasted fresh. So we do roast every week, sometimes a few days a week. And your coffee is, is shipped out about two to three days after it's roasted. Okay, good to know. So it is, it is fresh. Nothing better than fresh coffee. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Heather, for being on with me and, and uh, talking about it and uh, sharing your love and joy of coffee. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me here. This has been fun. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're welcome. So until next time, think about how you can discover your joy of coffee by trying different coffees, really experimenting trying different regions, trying decaf, and maybe finding that sugarcane process of that decaf coffee. But if you're looking for trying something absolutely delicious, support Mugging Whales Coffee or try some of their top four and definitely look for that coffee from Hawaii because they're only bringing in 100 pounds. It's going to go fast. So enjoy your coffee. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network.